0: we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. We've been hanging out for like three hours now, so (laughs) I don't know why I asked you that. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Fleabag Season 2. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Fleabag is a show that's on BBC. It stars and is written by and is created by a woman named Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who we both know and love. Well, not personally, but I wish. I would love to there's two seasons and they're each six episodes they're about 20 minutes so it's like pretty short in season one we meet a woman who we know is fleabag she doesn't have a name who is like constantly talking to the camera about her life um so she's always breaking the fourth wall in these really interesting ways she has a strange relationship with her family Which includes her father, her sister, and her godmother, who is becoming her stepmother. Yes. In a very complicated (laughs) relationship. So her mom has passed away. Yes, her mom passed
1: away several times. And the godmother lives with the dad now.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's creepy. It's pretty weird. (laughs) And I think the big, the other, well, a couple of big things to know from the first season is that this character uses sex as a way to connect with people so Mm -hmm. that she doesn't have to like, have actual emotional relationships and the reason that that is her situation is because she is grieving the loss of her best friend yes
1: and her business partner yeah going to the cafe with
0: her yeah mm-hmm. um so she's really struggling with grief through the first season and then in the second season it's been a year since the end of the first season she's been like eating right and exercising and like turning down sex as a way to be, like, healthy, quote-unquote, <laughs> yes. air quotes. I love that. She had a big falling out with her family at the end of the first season. And as she's kind of on the mend, she has dinner with her family again after about a year of not talking to them. And she meets her the priest who is going to marry her godmother and father as they're getting married now, which yes. is great. So she just, like, completely falls in love with this priest.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if it's worth noting, I wrote this down, but it's 371 days, 19 hours, 26 minutes.
0: Oh, yes. It's a very precise... It's a very
1: precise... It's been this long since we last saw her, between the
0: first and second season. Yeah. So I'd be interested
1: in talking about those numbers to see what you think
0: at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the only other note I have here about summaries is that... She falls in love with the most sexually unavailable person, like a priest, like a literal (laughs) Catholic priest. Um, and it forces her to have like an actual relationship with him, yes, which is not something that she has done with anybody we can presume since her friend died. It's very emotionally intense, it really is, yes, but it's still funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. There's so many good comedic moments. And I think the the first episode of the second season is hilarious. It's like so exceptionally funny. It is what I would consider, I don't know if this is actually a British thing or not, but like a dinner scene, like a dinner party scene or something, where I picture that as being like very Victorian.
1: Yeah, Like definitely. in a Victorian
0: novel or something. Like, yes everyone is just forced to be in the same room with each other and have all this etiquette, but they all, like, fucking hate each other. Yeah, and
1: there's just, like, all of these channels running underneath the current (laughs) of conversation that are just so sinister.
0: Yes. (laughs) There's, so, a really funny thing that happens in that episode, they're all in, they're all getting dinner together at a restaurant to celebrate the engagement of dad and the godmother. Mm -hmm. So that's why Claire... Claire's husband, Martin, Fleabag, and their priest are all there.
1: Yes. Claire is Fleabag's sister. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the few characters that has a name.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really interesting the characters that are given a name and the characters that are not. Yes. Dad and godmother, or just no. dad and godmother. The main character, Fleabag. Doesn't have a name. Just Fleabag. Priest. Priest is the priest. Just the priest. Yeah. The hot priest in some scenes. But Claire, her sister, is... Very iconically Claire. Yes. It's very much, yeah, always referred to as Claire. And her husband, Martin, is always referred to as Martin, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's so many good, funny moments in that episode. And I think um, one of my favorite is when Claire and Martin announce that they're trying to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And the godmother says, oh, I didn't think you could have any. Another, like, very sinister Godmother moment. The
1: godmother is just so cutting. So.
0: Oh my gosh. All of her comments are just terrible. Yes. And Claire is already kind of like looking at her and smiling when the godmother says, Oh, I didn't think you could have any. And Claire just like blinks and widens her smile a little bit. Yeah. And looks away. And it is so like.
1: But she doesn't just say, like, I didn't think you could have any. She also said, because you're just so... Yeah, and she just, like, And doesn't finish the sentence. Yeah. But it's like, just so what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Excuse
0: me? (laughs) That episode, I think, escalates in such a, like, profound way. Yeah, it Uh, really does. It goes from that kind of, like, really tense family dinner that starts out really comedic and then just becomes straight up tense mm-hmm. and then it's a it's a little funny the whole time it is uh, yeah. and the comedy keeps like layering on itself yeah um and this is fleabag's talking to the camera a lot she's turning the camera and saying like nobody's asking me a question in 45 minutes mm-hmm. and stuff like that there's a very good bit where Claire talks about being in finance and everyone at the table is like, no, you're a no lawyer. No Yeah. the yeah. whole entire family. And <laughs> no one actually knew she was in finance. She's like, I went to business school. <laughs> and turn, like, has food in her mouth and turns to the camera is like, no, she's a lawyer. It's like, <laughs> it's very funny. And then there's these really tense comments between sisters and then Claire goes to the bathroom. And is there a while, and then Fleabag follows her in, and we realize that Claire is having a miscarriage. And the scene it just like erupts emotionally. Like the scene is so intense, and Claire is like so protective of herself in that moment. She yes. won't let Fleabag in the stall with her. Yes. She comes out and she's just like, okay. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so raw emotionally. And, and then they go back to the table and Fleabag is trying to get Claire to leave and Claire doesn't want to leave and then from there it kind of transitions into this really ridiculous like slapstick comedy where Fleabag punches Martin and then Martin goes to flunch punch Fleabag back and misses and yeah. Fleabag hits the priest and then the priest like hits the waitress and it's oh my gosh it's ridiculous it's yeah i love the way that, that escalates ep- yeah that episode just keeps pushing yeah. itself but,
1: like, the reason, I feel like, is because in the bathroom, Fleabag had gotten Claire to agree to go to the hospital. Yes. She would gotten her to agree to go to the hospital because she was bleeding and, you know, with a the miscarriage, there mm-hmm. could be a lot of, um, yeah, a lot complications. of complications. <laughs> yeah. And there's so- a moment at
0: the dinner table where Claire said, or... Playback says, like, what if it's not gone? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, like, the big concern. Yeah.
1: So in the – they say okay, like, 17 times in the bathroom, too. Yeah. She's gotten Claire to agree to go to the hospital. And Claire's like, okay. And she's like, okay. 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 (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So many okays. So they decide. And they go back, and they're having a game plan. And she's like, I'll get a taxi. You tell them you don't feel well. Blah, blah, blah. But then there's a moment where Claire's just like, nope, I'm going to sit down. And I'm not going to go. And that's when Fleabag gets so mad. Yeah. And that's when she kind of erupts. And it's funny because the whole time Martin, Claire's husband, was saying like, oh, I'm interested how you're going to make tonight about you. So it looks as though she's doing exactly that. Yeah. Because she goes, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's so upset because she thinks her sister needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that's how that escalated, I feel like. Such <laughs> complicated just, emotions. Oh my gosh, such complicated emotions.
0: Yeah, but then, so the very first scene of that episode starts in the bathroom, and we haven't seen any of that happen yet. Mm-hmm. It's just Fleabag in this swanky bathroom, and you see the back of her head, and she's looking in the mirror and then it, the camera moves a little bit and you can see that there's blood running down her face yes um, which is where somebody just punched her It's un- maybe Martin, it's unclear and she's cleaning it off and someone talks to her through the bathroom door a man's voice and offers if she needs help she says no she turns and hands a rag to a waitress just like kneeling on the Who's, floor yeah, sitting on the floor Like it's still it's unclear to weird. me why the waitress is on the very weird, needy waitress. <laughs> but then Fleabag, like, turns to the camera very quickly and her very, like, precise. She just has, like, the most amazing facial muscles, I think. Just, like, very precise. Just turns to the camera and smiles and said, this, this is a love story. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And then it, like, I think it'd be really interesting to think of this whole series, this whole show, maybe not the whole show, but the whole season as um, one of those S words the whole, yeah, season as a love story. And, uh, I think the big obvious one is the priest. Yes.
1: Who we haven't really
0: talked about much yet. We haven't really talked about. At the dinner table, there's a priest Mm -hmm. and Fleabag is talking to the camera. She's not talking to anyone at the table. Um, at one point Claire calls her out and is like, you're being so quiet. Why are you being so quiet? And you realize, like, Fleabag's been talking to us a lot. She hasn't been talking to the camera. Yes. Or she hasn't been talking to her family. Um,
1: Which is not typical. Like, she yeah. demands attention yeah. a lot of the time. She's she likes just... to shock people. She likes to... I think she kind of gets off on making her family uncomfortable.
0: I think, yeah. I think a lot of her behavior is just like, Yeah. how can I escalate the situation? Yes. Um. Yeah, but there's a priest at the table, and they, like, kind of... Look at each like, check each other out, and, like...
1: And he's very, like, dirty priest. Like, very, he keeps like, saying, like, oh, yeah,
0: like, uh let's have a tequila
1: shot, and I don't know, like, fuck this, fuck that. Yeah, like, yeah, not how you would expect a priest to act. Yeah, I the think Fleabag bit.
0: describes him as, like, the cool, sweary priest. Yes, yes. I really like the moment when they're outside smoking, and he tries to talk to her and she just walks away and he's like well fuck you then and she turns around and smiles at him and she, he
1: smiles back yeah, yeah there's definitely going to be more there you know
0: yeah i i i just love that like she wasn't interested in him until he was like well fuck you and then she's like oh okay <laughs> you're my type i guess um and that moment comes back which we'll get yes to. oh my god <laughs> Yeah, so then the rest of the show is her. I guess the the plot A would be her short relationship with the priest. She uses sex as this like coping mechanism, so she can connect with people without having any actual connection, any actual relationship. There are moments in season one where someone really wants to get to know her, and she's just like, "Why won't you just?" Have sex with me, yes. like she's just—that's what she's looking for. And then she falls in love with this guy who, like, will All not have can sex can with her. Do
1: is get to know him. Yeah,
0: that's she's the only option. Cornered into a relationship, basically, mm-hmm. and that has a lot of humor in it. Yeah. So the priest. What are your thoughts on the priest?
1: I have some really complicated feelings about the priest. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I am Catholic, and have known a lot of priests. In uh-huh. day. And this character is unlike any priest I've ever known in that he seems so much more human and so much more, I don't want to say like connected to, to ordinary people. That sounds like a weird thing to say. But a lot of the priests I've known seem like they're trying to elevate themselves, like, above other people. Not in a, like, um, superior-inferior relationship necessarily, but in a very divided way. Like, I'm going to engage up until this point, and then I'm going to stop. Yeah. And this priest is sitting at a table with this couple he's about to marry. He's swearing. He's drinking. He's being social to a point where he's making everyone else feel like, oh, you know, like, just because I'm a priest, maybe...
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. They're all a little put off by it. They are, yeah. You're like, is it common for a priest to have dinner with? Yeah.
1: So I think he's unlike any priest anybody's ever encountered. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that put me off the first time I watched it before I'd seen the whole season. Uh huh. Um, because I was just like, ugh, like he's just making a show of being like, I'm not like a regular priest, I'm a cool priest. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, after getting to know the character more, I, um,. I really love that character. I yes. love the priest character. I, do I think too. that he's really torn between being a human in his body, having human emotions and human feelings and um, and between that and this calling mm-hmm. that he feels yeah that he was called to later in life after experiencing a very human existence. yes
0: and yeah yeah, he's very. Charming. He's incredibly charming. (laughs) The priest is quite hot. (laughs) So hot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the last lines of the first (laughs) season when they're in a cab going to the hospital, Claire says, The priest is quite hot. (laughs) (laughs) I do really like that going back to that first episode with Claire and Fleabag. I think Claire and Fleabag are also like a second like the second most important love story.
1: They might be the most important love story of yeah. the whole show. Yeah, I'd argue. Absolute, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which you've said before many yeah. times. I, yeah, I. I don't think the love stories are just season two. I think you're right. I think I, they are yeah. the whole show. Yeah, it's always been a love story.
0: Yeah, I I just love how quickly Claire and Fleabag just pick up where they left off. Like yes. coming out of the bathroom, they're making plans, and even they're just though like, it's
1: been 371 days, yeah, <laughs> 19
0: hours and 26 minutes, yeah. What what nineteen hours? So it's mm-hmm. okay. So like most of the day, mm-hmm. okay. So not quite a year.
1: Yeah, hundred seventy one days. Okay. So over a little, over a, little a year, over a year, but not quite a day and
0: not quite a half hour. Who has she been hanging out with in that year? I know. I want to know what she was doing. I want to know. <laughs> she was like. Eating avocado toast in her cafe and doing boot camps. <laughs> I want to follow her always. And not drinking. <laughs> There's a very good scene in that, or moment in that little scene where she's explaining her her last year. And it's the guy from the first season yes. who's apparently not with his girlfriend that he broke up with Fleabag to be with. Holding up a set of keys, like dangling them in front of her, like, "Do you want to have sex?" No, <laughs> she's like, "No," and then her like sprinting down the street away from him, yelling As he over shouts her shoulder. After. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Can I at least go down on you?" And she shouts over her shoulder, "No." <laughs> so funny. Uh. There was a um, a thing I wrote down last week that I think is worth revisiting, where Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, the writer, creator, like everybody of the show main character wrote said in an interview with ew's what to watch podcast she said i really wanted to hide a tragedy in a comedy and i really wanted to trick people i love the idea of disarming an audience and making them feel safe and in turn making them vulnerable to twists and turns that they might not be expecting from a character and i think that like going into the first episode of season two i was totally unprepared for the emotional wait that that season would eventually get to but like those little moments in the beginning that whole smash cut yeah Yeah, yeah. and like her running away from that guy I was so ready for whatever I was like just give me all of it (laughs) I have no idea what season two is going to be about oh so so good so just as like an overview of the priest relationship She gets to know this priest. They go, like, frock shopping together. He visits her cafe. Like, things that a couple would do. Mm -hmm. Like, they very much behave as if they are a couple. They spend a lot of time outside of the church together. She shows up on his door with drinks late at night. Yeah. Which is apparently something she's known to do in the first season. Mm -hmm. People make, various people make comments about, like, you're going to show up drunk on someone's doorstep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and they just enjoy some gin and tonic in a garden. And and from that conversation, a lot springs. A lot of stuff comes out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I can think of three off the top of my head. There's the fox. Yes. So we learn about the priest's varied history with
1: foxes. <laughs> Apparently they follow him everywhere and he's scared of them. Yeah.
0: He, he, he's <laughs> Which convinced- is a metaphor, of course. It's a, it's a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> And then we also get him saying directly to her, we're not going to have sex. Yeah, He just like calls her. He's like, I know what you're doing. We're not going to have sex. I would really like to be your friend though.
1: Yeah, but it's not like I know what you're doing in a way that's calling her out. Yeah, it's not accusatory. The way he says it, I think is, I think I even wrote this down because it was so good. I can't find it right now. But he said something like... I know that's what you think you want from me. Yes. Which really hit me because how, what she wants is to connect with someone. Yeah. And I think he recognizes that. Yeah. But how she's used to connecting with anybody is through mm-hmm. sex.
0: Yeah. I guess going back to like priests being human people who have this like calling that separates them from the rest of culture. Like well, him. He he's so
1: fucking lonely too. I know, in the first Yeah. One. yeah.
0: But, I like, him saying he wants to be her friend, I'm like, I don't know that, like, you can have that kind of relationship with people. And I I I think he figures that out. Yeah. I don't think he knows that yet. Yeah. Yeah, that was just something I just thought of. But then the third thing that I can think comes out of that conversation is he says, we're not going to have sex. She kind of turns to the camera and says, we'll last a week. As if, like, she's really smug and, like, romantic and, like... Trying to be all coy. But what happens when she does that? He, he's like, looks at her and he's like, where did you just go? Yeah. So this
1: is huge. This is Uh, the first person in this whole series. mm -hmm. We're like partway through season two. This is the first person in this whole series. I think we're halfway through. Who notices. Yes. That she has these asides to the camera. That she has these looks, these little comments. These little dissociative states uh-huh. where she goes away and is addressing somebody else. Yeah. He's the first person who notices.
0: Yeah. She like exits whatever conversation she's in mentally and is just like distracted. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what it must look like to him. Just like zoning out a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: But there's like a direction to it as yeah. well. Because it's almost like oh. he's trying to meet the eye of whatever she
0: sees. Yes. And he gets like closer and closer to that the longer that it goes on. Like there's a moment, I think, in maybe the next episode where she looks and he kind of looks vaguely in that direction. Mm -hmm. And then later in that episode, she kind of turns around behind herself and looks or she looks past him, is what it is. He's sitting with his back to the camera, just as like a standard single camera shot, like Mm -hmm. over someone's shoulder to have a conversation. And she looks past him at the camera and then he turns around yes. and looks at the camera. <laughs> and I remember the first time it's I jarring. saw It's so jarring. Yeah. I was so, I was like a little frightened.
1: Yeah, it's shocking. It's like a
0: jump scare almost. Because
1: you feel like you have this really intimate relationship with this one character. Yes. You feel like this one character is addressing you. Mm-hmm. This one character knows you're there. Mm-hmm. And nobody else does.
0: And then he kind of intrudes on that. And yes. you're like, no, no, this isn't for you. Yes. Like, please, no. Uh, it's really intense. It's very intense. It's because very... of this
1: intimacy that she's built with us, yes. the audience.
0: Yeah. And that was something else I just wanted to like ask you about. Have you ever seen the fourth wall used that way? Mm, that's a great question
1: I mean I did a lot of theater growing up Okay, and you've always had you know your monologues where the character goes off by themselves and they kind of talk to no one in a way but some folks and a lot of actors will make it so they're talking directly to the audience so they know somebody else is there but it's easy to kind of write that off I think as like rumination or like the way that somebody's thoughts go when they're by themselves it's just like oh almost like you're like a voyeur in somebody else's thoughts or in somebody yes. else's, um, yeah. Inner dialogue. But this so, is very different. And yeah. That. I, and I think it's in her body language. I really do. Yeah. I think it's in her eye contact the way that you mentioned earlier, like the way that her facial mus- muscles are like so precise, but mm-hmm. the way she'll like, look at the camera and brings you in. And it's just, yeah, yeah it's incredibly intimate. And that's something I don't think most actors can do.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess speaking to theater a little bit, what is, I remember when I was watching House of Cards for the first time. Mm, yes, that's uh, a great example.
1: Kevin Spacey does yes. that. And then when his Claire does it later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: good Claire's. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> love, love the Claire's. Yes. Yeah, I remember noticing in that, and I'm not a theater person, so like the idea of the fourth wall has only come to me through literature. Mm-hmm. Not that theatre is not literature. I read a lot of literature. I re- read a lot of theater in my lips. But studies. I I know what you mean. Reading yeah. is
1: different from the performance aspect. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, like you were saying, I guess Fourth Wall is mainly used as like rumination or reflection, a way for a character to explore an idea that's not through scene. Yeah. A lot of a way exposition. For the,
1: yeah, for the audience to experience the inner thought and yes. inner dialogue of a character. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And something that I think happened that was really interesting in House of Cards was Kevin Spacey's character started getting things wrong a lot.
1: Yeah. He
0: would try to, like, I think in, like, a Shakespearean sense, a fourth wall is typically used to, like, exert control over the yes. scene. yeah, To show your audience that, like, this person is in control of what's going on. Yes. Oh, I love it. And then in House of Cards, he got things wrong a lot. Yeah. And then I think that happened a little bit, b- bit in Fleabag, where yes. she started getting things wrong in the first season. She didn't quite have the control that she wanted you to think she had. And then in this one, in this season, I guess the fourth wall is used in this... I have never, ever heard of it being used as, like, an example of, like, a dissociative... Or a distracted narrator before.
1: Yeah. Well, the also thing, the
0: also thing, the <laughs>
1: thing I'm also just thinking of now is that it's so quick, almost as though you're in the room with her. Yeah. As though you're like her best friend. The mm-hmm. way she's like, mm, no, he doesn't. Like that yes. she's doing an aside just to you. Yeah. And that's very different too, because you think of Kevin Spacey even, and he'll say, mm, he'll go off on a tirade it's more like, like a this, power and. Thing. Well, it is, but it's also like a very long sequence Yes, where he's going to tell you how he feels about what just happened or yeah. what's about to happen. And it's a long sequence. And I think of like, this is a dumb example, but Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell, he'll oh, like snap sure. and everybody freezes. And then he tells you what's oh, going okay. on and then how it's about to go after. But like. It's always a long rumination, Mm -hmm. but the way that she does it, it's as though you're in the room with her, as though like you're really her best friend and she's only going to tell you how she's really feeling. Yeah. It's like, it's instantaneous.
0: Yeah. I've read some things that suggest that her turning to the camera is like a a way to uh, get Boo back. Like she's addressing Boo.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I could see that, but
0: I think she also knows it's not Boo. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You see that I think in the therapy session.
0: Yes, I was just thinking about the therapy session. Yeah.
1: Because she says, you know, the therapist asks if she has friends mm-hmm. and she says, "Oh yeah, they're they're always there." And she says, "They're always there." Yeah. Not she's always there or he's always there. It's yeah. there.
0: And she looks at the camera when she says that exactly. and like winks. Yeah. 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 Oh that was another very intense moment for me oh it
1: was yeah oh my
0: gosh yeah so i guess if we're thinking about like different kinds of intimacy fleabag and the priest is a really obvious one their connection their chemistry is like so intense right off the bat like they're so clearly into each other yeah and then yeah fleabag has like all of her intimacy is focused on us the audience on like the camera and she shared that's where she shares like her personal thoughts. That's where she relates to anybody in the scenes that she's in. There's a little bit of pushback towards that in the first season where she doesn't want to let us in on her memories of Boo because mm-hmm. she doesn't like want us to know about what happened. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. And that's how you know it's different from Boo as well. Yeah. She's constructing the narrative that she wants
1: us to, to be living in. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then she's
1: panicked when we find out what happened. Yes, she which looks... we might want to spend a minute on what happened there too. Yeah,
0: so it, so I guess about halfway through the first season, we find out that um, well, at the end of the first episode, it's Fleabag in a taxi with a statue that she's just stolen from her mother from her godmother's studio, and she's telling the taxi driver, "My, I run a cafe. I used to run it with my best friend." Um she accidentally killed herself. Yeah. She found out that her boyfriend slept with someone else and she walked into traffic thinking that she would get hurt and then deny him deny letting him come to the hospital to visit her to make him feel bad. Mm-hmm. Um and then throughout the first season we get like flashbacks to that moment. We get flashbacks to like fleabag unbuttoning someone's pants or like someone's pants being unbuttoned. And then at the end of that season, Claire just says outright, how could I trust you after what you did to Boo? And all of those flashbacks kind of converge into one, like, continuous stream. And you realize that Fleabag slept with her best friend's boyfriend. Yes. And then her best friend... that's the event that set all that in motion. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so Fleabag is not only grieving, she's wrapped with incredible guilt. Yes.
1: Which I just thought of this, too. It's so interesting that she told the cab driver more than she told the priest.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a scene with her and the priest in the cafe, and he starts asking, like, do you run this by yourself? And she, like, doesn't Mm -hmm. tell him anything. She doesn't tell him about Boo. She She doesn't even say, like my friend died. She says, I used to run out with my friend. Yeah. She doesn't tell him what happened to her friend, doesn't tell him, like, her role in any of it, doesn't, he does not know any of what we know.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating because in a lot of ways, she gets to know him and allows him to know her in such an intimate way that she hasn't allowed anyone to Mm -hmm. in so long. But in some much more real ways, she doesn't really tell him anything. Yeah. Yeah. What what role does London play in Fleabag? Yeah. Because, I, yeah, I'm so interested in place. Like, I love reading your writing in West oh. Virginia, too. Because, yeah, place is such, a, yeah. such an interesting concept to how it drives a story.
0: Yeah. I get the sense, like... I think we've talked about this before, how, like, London and Fleabag feels very, it both feels very big and very homey, like, yes. everything feels very lived in, and, like, the cafe is so, like, not quaint, I don't mean quaint in, like, a condescending way, but, like, right. it feels, it just feels like a homey space, mm-hmm. and I think we've talked, too, about the way that the cafe feels... With Boo in it versus without her in it, yes. and how it feels very empty, empty. and like oh, even the lighting is different.
1: Too. What's the cafe feel like in season one as opposed to season two?
0: Yeah, because in
1: season two the cafe feels very different. Yeah, she has a lot more business. Folks are there. It's Chatty booming. Wednesday. Chatty Wednesday, and she <laughs> says loneliness pays. Yeah, so you kind of get this sense that you've got a city full of people. Yeah who aren't connecting for some reason. Yeah. And she's putting them in a situation where they can.
0: Yeah, where they have to. If you they buy anything, have to. you have to have a conversation with someone. Yes. And then there's a very and funny moment. And it's going moment. over like
1: gangbusters. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk. It's like
0: bustling. Yeah. And Claire comes by and she's like, are you having an event? And she's like, no, this is just what it's like. And she's like, oh, it's Chatty Wednesday. You know, loneliness pays.
1: When that poor old man Aww. tries to talk
0: to Claire. And she's like, <laughs> no. no. No, no I'm, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not part of this. And was like, oh, she hasn't bought anything yet. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that guy actually looks a lot like, oh, I don't know if it actually is or not. But just like old British man with white hair reminds me of a character in Dairy Girls. Oh, nice. Um, I really need to watch that. It's so good. You're going to love it. We probably need to do an episode. Yeah. That. It's another like. Catholic influenced show that love it. I would. You probably actually have a lot more to speak to about this because it like takes place in Catholic school and Irish. Yeah. 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 Um, Irish
1: Catholic thing is pretty intense. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but it's like from the perspective of teenage girls, so they're all just like trying to make out with Protestant boys. (laughs) It's so funny. Um, Which
1: that's huge. The Catholic Protestant thing is still huge. Oh yeah. Like, oh my gosh, my mom and dad, um, my mom's a Lutheran, my dad Uh is an Irish Catholic. Yeah. And my opa, my mom's dad, who came over from Germany, said, you know, I really like Richard. I think he's a nice man, but I hope I never live to see the day you marry him uh yeah, like why like, catholic. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, all, we're all immigrants from western europe <laughs> like this isn't yeah but that's not that long ago dude that, that was in the 80s I mean, yeah that was in the 80s
0: dairy girls is set in the early 90s yeah and there's a very funny scene in season two where they're trying to get protestants and these protestant teenagers and catholic teenagers in a room together to talk about what they have in common and they have a chalkboard they have a chalkboard for similarities Mm -hmm. and a chalkboard for differences (laughs) and not even one of them can be like Jesus, Mm -hmm. like none of them think about Jesus, they're like Protestants love marches, Catholics like to walk, like, Protest- Catholics love statues, and at that moment, there's a, there's a nun who turns and she's like, oh, I do love a good statue, <laughs> and it's so funny. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's like 94, I think they reference Pulp Fiction in Oh, that. awesome. Yeah, so like, perfect. Like, in our lifetime. Oh, I'm so excited to watch that. It's so good, you're gonna love it. Um... I guess the, the, the there's not a lot of Protestant stuff in, in Fleabag. It's just like the Catholic priest who. Yeah. But playing like, hard to get with his priesthood and all. Kind of the.
1: <sighs> Intrusion's the wrong word, but like, I don't know, the whole like Catholic takeover of season two is super interesting yeah.
0: to me. Yeah. Oh, just because you, none of them are super religious people. Yeah. Did you also notice there are small moments throughout the, just like background moments where like a Catholic symbol will like come forward in the show? Yeah. There's a moment at the award ceremony and like the third episode or something where Claire is like, I want to give special thanks to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yes. And- oh my
1: gosh. I remember that. Because she's like, you know, just.
0: We're yeah. vomiting
1: up there. I think she says Linkied in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so like, yeah, she just names off the gospels yeah
0: no <laughs> and i wondered like is that something claire is actually saying or is that fleabag just like like hearing that because oh yeah that's an because interesting we're in point. her head yeah. Yeah. yeah and she's becoming obsessed with with yeah th- catholicism yeah and everything
1: well there's also a point where i wanted to talk about it's when she's in the uh rectory with the with Father, Uh having tea after Mass.
0: Okay, the first office scene. Yes. Okay, because there's two. Yes. Yeah.
1: And when, it's the scene where she says, I don't believe in God, and the painting falls down. Oh my
0: God, yes. But
1: the painting that falls down, she looks at beforehand. Uh Uh-huh. And it's what I would assume is a painting of Veronica wiping the face of Jesus, because he's carrying the cross, he's clearly on the path and it's like a woman who's like kneeling on the side of the road so Mm -hmm. when veronica wipes the face of jesus it's like when she like wipes the blood and everything but like in this particular painting she's reaching up as though she wants to like take off his robe oh and fleabag looks at the camera and is like oh jesus
0: But that. that's yeah. the painting
1: that comes down yeah. which is interesting because it seems like a foreshadowing of like a female like yes. you know reaching up to like get this pure like man. Or yeah something.
0: I completely missed that. I had no idea because I, I don't other than Mary I like I don't really know any Catholic symbols or anything. Oh, that aren't. But yeah, that's one of the Protestant.
1: stations of the cross. Oh, okay. So you have your stations of the cross where you like pray and ruminate over each like step Jesus uh-huh. took on that path. And one of them is Veronica wiping the face oh, of okay. Jesus.
0: okay. Yeah, I've never did the station. A lot of like ritual stuff is pretty optional in, me- in my Methodist mm-hmm. upbringing at least, like I've definitely heard of people doing Stations of the Cross, but I've never done it. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that like a Good Friday thing? Do you do that on Good Friday? Yeah, you
1: do it all through Lent. Okay. So, but definitely okay. Good Friday. Um, but on Good Friday seven? every year, there are 12. Okay. Yeah. On Good Friday every year, we would, uh, the 8th graders would put on a Stations of the Cross, and my aunt still runs it, actually, because oh, cool. she's the 7th grade teacher. But there's a big uh, white, like see-through canvas huh and the students are like shadows like dressed in you know garb and like you know like the women praying and stuff yeah. And so then they'll like kneel and then just stay stagnant oh. and then you have the readings and the songs and everything for each uh-huh. station but I always had to be the lector because I was too tall for the canvas oh no
0: because <laughs> my shadow yeah
1: <laughs> womp womp oh no The terrors of being six foot tall in fifth grade. Yeah.
0: Did you hear there's like a Netflix movie now called Tall Girl? Yes. Oh my
1: gosh. Actually, my little brother texted me this yesterday. I just have to pull this
0: up. Please share. I think Marky watched it and was telling me about it. I can't remember what she said about it. Oh, I think I deleted all my texts because my
1: storage was low. But basically, he took a screenshot of the Tall Girl thing. He's like, they made a TV show about
0: your life. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And I was like, Mark peaked early.
0: (laughs) I mean, I was as tall as I am now when I was in 8th grade. Yeah, yeah. But not quite 5th grade. Because I remember when I started playing the bassoon. Also, there's a whole bassoon thing in Fleabag where Claire's creepy stepson plays bassoon. And then in the last episode, Martin screams, or Claire's husband screams, Do you know what the bassoon is? It's a cry for help. (laughs) And he's like
1: shouting that too, which I didn't remember. Yeah, Yeah. like
0: really aggressive and like losing control. This very funny line that was also a personal attack. Uh, Because I played bassoon and I taught myself how to do it. And I was pretty bad um, (laughs) as far as bassoon players go. But I remember being, when I started playing it, the bassoon came up to my chin Because I hadn't, like, fully grown yet, and then, like, the next year, it kind of started hitting my sternum mm-hmm. and then stopped oh wow so I grew like that much wow like six or seven that's inches quite the
1: measuring stick in too, like a year you're using every day yeah. yeah
0: I used it every day and then after ninth grade I yeah I still used it and it never got smaller in relation to my body because <laughs> <laughs> a bassoon is like four feet tall hmm yeah a little big old instrument it's, yeah it's very big
1: but yeah, Jake is such an interesting character too. Yeah. that's another little love story. I mm-hmm. think is how much Jake loves Claire. Yes. So Jake is Martin's son. Uh huh. So he's Claire's like stepson. Yeah. But he's always like, "Where's Claire?" One of my favorite moments was when he was performing at that church picnic, yes. and then he comes up to Fleet Bag. Uh-huh. After his dad walks away and they've had that like altercation or whatever, and he's like, "Tell her to leave him."
0: Yes, in like a very creepy way, right? But he's been very. I sincere. think he loves
1: her so much. Yeah, I think he really does love her so much. Yeah, that and that would mean him not seeing her all the time. Yeah, but, but he's willing to do that because he knows it's a bad situation. Yeah,
0: and he recognizes. Just him being that age and recognizing that that's the situation, I think, is very intelligent of him. It is. Uh, and I think
1: that, like, a lot of folks on the spectrum have a pretty deep emotional intelligence, even uh-huh. though the social skills don't always match up. Yeah. My niece uh, doesn't have autism, but she has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. But she is a fantastic judge of character. Yeah. Fantastic. Yes.
0: You she can also. Tell like bust it on uh, Oh my gosh, on the she dance can floor. dance like nobody's Oh business. my gosh.
1: Like she was born dancing. She was so She cool. used to be like watching herself in the oven when she was like two oh or three wow. and just be like <laughs> just
0: wiggling. That's awesome. Yeah, that emotional availability in Jake is very interesting. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too that Fleabag like doesn't immediately recognize it for what it is. Like, she turns to the camera and is like, he's going to kill someone someday. Yeah. Like, as a joke. But I don't think she recognizes in that moment that he is being, like, completely sincere. Yeah. She may. And really putting himself on the line there. It's so
1: interesting because, like we talked about before, it's in the kind of a similar way that she doesn't want us to know about her role with Boo.
0: Mm -hmm. It almost
1: is like a friend... A friend you don't want to let in all the way. Yeah. Because you wanna like maintain this like certain mm-hmm. cool factor or something. Yeah. Like everybody's gotten used to her cool aside, so she has to make it that way. Yeah. But it's kind of similar to when her dad says that, like, very poignant and I think like pretty on the spot thing. I think you just love harder than all of us.
0: Yes.
1: And that's why it's so painful for you. Yeah. I think I'm totally butchering or paraphrasing that I think that.
0: that's what he says yeah
1: but and she says I don't find it painful yeah but like the whole series is about how you find it painful yeah, like, yeah. You
0: do. that's the only but, reason you talk to yeah. us at all it's like yeah. she's always
1: trying to like kind of save face when something yeah. gets a little bit too real
0: yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe it's not that she doesn't recognize what Jake has done. So like, she doesn't want to acknowledge what he has just done. She wants to turn it into a joke. Yeah. And I think the first time I watched it, I saw that as a joke. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's. I just kind of chuckled and went yeah. to the next scene with her. Yeah. But like, the more I've watched it, the more I, you engage with it. It's like it's like. Do oh. you realize what he was just doing? Yeah, yeah. that must have been like. A really emotionally intense moment, yeah. whether she wanted to admit it or not. Yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, what about Claire and Fleabag?
1: Oh, my goodness. The sister relationship the really so gets so good. There's the moment um, during the awards episode, uh, the Women in Business Awards. I forget what that episode's called, but it's in season two where yeah. Belinda gets the, the award. Uh huh. But Fleabag says something like, oh, I thought we were just hanging out. I thought we were just being
0: sisters. Or we were being friends. uh, Yeah, I thought we were just
1: being friends and hanging out. And Claire says, we're not friends. We're sisters. Yeah. Get your own friends. Yes.
0: And I, I think it's really interesting that Claire feels, it's also in that scene, in that Dialogue that Claire reveals that like she feels like she's failed next yeah, to Fleabag, even though she has this huge office. And she's Fleabag, like, "If you
1: say something about my office right now, I will scream." Yeah, out. if
0: Fleabag just starts looking around and is like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like this all this like business office that is like the size of my living room and dining room combined. Well, because Claire yeah.
1: yearns. To be quirky and interesting. yeah, She yearns to be quirky and interesting. That's kind of in her, like, monthly period reinventing herself thing. I'm going to wear this weird jumpsuit. Yeah. Like, she yearns for this, like... Huge change or to be someone a little bit other than this person she feels like she's trapped inside. Yeah. And she she just thinks that like her sister's able to naturally, effortlessly be this person. Yeah. Who just like, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. I'm going to sleep with whoever I want. I'm yeah. going to own this cafe. I'm going to do what I want. And, you know, is obviously, like, in a lot of pain. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But she's jealous of that in a lot of ways because she feels like she can't, or she doesn't have the agency to be that person that she wants to be.
0: Yeah, it's really refreshing to see Claire, like, there's this whole very funny dialogue in the last episode where... Fleabag is like, go, run. Th- isn't running through the airport for someone romantic? And Claire just, like, completely deconstructs that movie yes, trope. And yes. is like, how am I going to get through security? You can't get through security without a boarding pass. How am I going to know what terminal he's in? Like, like completely- how creepy would it be if I knew what terminal uh, yeah. he's Yeah. <laughs> like, All what time this leaves? Like, she com- <laughs> completely pulls that mo- movie trope apart and is like, no, that's stupid. And then goes and, and does then, it anyway.
1: And then says, though, uh anyway the only person i'd run through an airport for is you
0: yeah oh and that's i pointed this out while we were watching that episode but there's a moment earlier in the episode where claire the godmother has just said something atrocious and i can't remember what it is but (laughs) godmother just said something awful as and yes she's a uh, yeah she's a handful the c-word yep (laughs) And Claire looks at Fleabag in this moment of, like, let's share this awful thing that she just said. That's your favorite moment of the whole series, It really is. You've talked about that a lot. A lot. Yeah. It's so... It's, like, half a second. Claire looks at Fleabag as if to share this nice, intimate moment, and Fleabag just looks at the camera. Yeah. And so she's not quite... Like, her first impulse is not to relate to her sister. Yeah. But then after her sister says, the only person I'd run through the airport for is you... Fleabag just, like, stares at her sister and doesn't even, like, acknowledge that the camera is there. Just looks right at her sister. Yeah. And I think that's kind of when, like, shortly after that is when we get to the end of the series. She lets go of the camera for good. Yeah. And the camera starts to follow her and she just, like, shakes so that her head. sister
1: relationship's part of the healing. Yeah. But I think that she couldn't quite trust her sister till she left Martin.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because Martin is awful. He's like an alcoholic and very aggressive and. lecherous. Yes. Yeah, sexually just is kind of assaulting everybody all the time, yeah. whether it be verbal or.
1: But it has a pretty particular thing for Fleabag.
0: Yeah. Pretty
1: particular thing for her.
0: Yeah. I think you. I don't know. I I feel like last week we said we didn't watch the second episode together, but I swear you were the person who said this to me, that Fleabag when Fleabag and Martin are talking to each other the first time in the first season, is when we see Fleabag at her most honest. Yes, It's like yes. she's all of her guards are down. She's it's like she's treating him with absolute contempt. She like doesn't she, give a fuck what he thinks. She does not give a fuck what he thinks. Yeah. And she's more herself around him than, than she anyone. is with anyone. Yeah. Even though, like, they fucking hate each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe Martin is drawn to that in her. Absolutely, he is. Like, that self-loathing that he also feels. I also just love that the only American character in the whole show just is terrible. this, like, it's total sleazebag. Also portrayed by Brett Gelman, yeah. is that actor <laughs> who is in... Like, everything. He's in Twin Peaks, he's in Stranger Things, he was on Comedy Bang Bang a lot. Like, he, he's actually, like, seems like a pretty cool guy, like a pretty non-problematic guy. Um, but he <laughs> but plays... But he plays a
1: problematic guy real well. <laughs> he
0: plays monsters so well. Like, even in Stranger Things, his role is so weird. Like, he's this, like, conspiracy theorist who, like, lives in a shed in, in the woods in India. Like, it's so weird. Yeah, and so the only other like love story that I well there are a few I think, but the the main one that I wanted to touch on was like Fleabag and Dad. Yeah. Um.
1: Oh, we haven't Fleabag talked dad a lot about dad. dad. We haven't, and oh man, the Dad relationship I feel like is uh, one that gets a lot of people. Yeah. In a lot of different ways. But this one's really interesting because in the very first episode, I've said this to you a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't like the dad. I thought he yeah. was really unfeeling and callous and like strange and aloof. Yeah. But you get to know him more throughout the series and you yes. kind of see that like
0: he's weirdly
1: honest. Yeah. He's weirdly honest.
0: Yes. I remember after in the last episode of season one, uh, Fleabag just starts like smashing champagne glasses on the ground and he goes off on her in like the most articulate we have seen him at that point Mm -hmm. just starts like yelling at her and he's like I deserve to be happy I deserve to move on like I'm I'm in this relationship and I know you don't like this woman but like I'm happy and I deserve this yeah and then outside later like at the very end of the episode he says something like why is it that daughters get to say that they're messed up by their father is when it's so often the other way around? Yeah. And that's another, that's like, really cutting comment from yeah. him. Yeah. Who, he's so art-
1: inarticulate so yeah. much of the time. Like, yeah, when he's giving the toast or whatever at yeah. their dinner, and he's like, oh, and we've often seemed to be, and then, well, for all of you, very much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he did <laughs> verbs or?
0: <laughs> There's also, isn't there, I think it's during the, uh, their mother's like memorial luncheon in the first season where he just walks up to Fleabag and Claire and he's like, so you are my daughters? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, he has like no idea how to approach them.
1: Do you think he has a little bit of a drinking problem?
0: Because he keeps
1: saying that, like, all the bad things in Fleabag are from her mom. Uh-huh. He says that multiple times. Yeah. So you know he loves the mom, but you also know that there were some problematic things in that relationship yeah. for how much he talks about it. I
0: think he expressly states in... there's a So there's a conversation with him and Fleabag that happens at their mother's funeral. Yes. And there's another that happens... That one happens in flashback. Yes. And there's another one that happens at the wedding between him and Fleabag's godmother mm-hmm. that is the last episode of the show yeah and I think in both of those conversations he says like I loved your mother but I didn't like her yeah there are and things he says about that to Fleabag too yeah
1: I love you but I don't like you all the time yeah and he says you are the way you are not because of me but because of her uh-huh but the the reason alcohol comes into it for me at that dinner, alcohol is like a big part mm-hmm. of that dinner. It's like a big, like, who's not drinking? Who is drinking? Yeah. Why are they drinking? Why are they not drinking? Yes. And the godmother is like really monitoring the dad's drinking. Yes.
0: Oh, I noticed that, but I hadn't really thought about it before. Yeah.
1: Like somebody's like,
0: oh, should we get another bottle of wine? The dad's like, yeah. And she's like,
1: and she like kind of covers with her yeah. hand for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I noticed she was, like, very controlling in that conversation. He was trying to, like, jump in and be sociable, and she would always just, yeah. like, look at him and be like, no, no.
1: Well, she wanted to control the narrative there. She was talking yeah. about her sex in Japan. Yes. And every time he was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I'm sorry, darling.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> there's that moment where... She's like, it caused some real, and he's like, ripples. And she's like, waves. And then she just kind of glares. at like, oh, yes, it was a wave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, like, glares at him. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's a wave, it's not a, a ripple.
1: That's an interesting relationship yeah. there.
0: Yes. And then, so, we get, like, clues as to how the godmother came into their lives. Yeah. Throughout the show. And especially throughout the second season, I think. We learn in the first season that it used to be Fleabag and Claire's godmother, and now she's dating their dad.
1: It's also um, weird for two siblings to have the same godmother. Oh, okay. I just
0: wanted to know that. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Usually you uh, have different folks. So, we learn halfway through the second season that godmother was one of Fleabag's mother's students. And then... We also learn in the last episode this statue. The statue that this has been coming, prom- it changes hands like a dozen times, probably like once per episode. Yeah. It goes to a different person.
1: But originally, Fleabag stole it from her godmother's art studio.
0: Yes. And has been like holding on to it ever since. Yes. Like um,
1: reclaiming ownership of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's this the statue is like maybe six or eight inches tall it's bronze or gold or something and it's just like a woman's bust really like a
1: torso yeah
0: yeah it's just like like
1: if you cut her off right above the knees to the shoulders yeah, yeah.
0: no limbs and so like but all
1: the reproductive bits
0: all the reproductive bits <laughs> the in the back is also arched like it's yeah. a very sexual it is
1: a very sexual pose um yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: and so i just like was like Yeah, arching my back in that position. Yeah, and the like. There are little comments made about this statue repeatedly, where Martin tries to give it to Claire for her birthday, and talks about how it's like a shrine to Claire's body, which is like,
1: which is interesting. Yeah, because we find out we
0: find out in the last episode, Godmother Fleabag gives it to Godmother as a wedding present. Which Which any other person
1: would laugh because it's super funny because she keeps stealing it. Yeah, she
0: keeps stealing this this object and passing it around and trying to sell it and trying to like... She uses it as, like, an emergency award yeah, when the But word she gave word it breaks. back at
1: one point, and yeah. then Claire stole it. So, like, it keeps coming in and out of this woman's possession. Yeah. So it'd be funny, I think, to give yeah. it as a wedding present. Like, if it were me, I would have laughed. Like, if like, my, like,
0: like <laughs> shitty stepdaughter stole something of mine, and I knew it, and, and kept I bringing to it back and, and like, taking it away it. again. Yeah, <laughs> and then she gave it to me as a wedding present, I would be like, I'd okay, be cracking this is up. Sweet, That'd be really funny. This is a funny and sweet gesture. <laughs> But the godmother's just, like, like shocked by it.
1: And then immediately tries to shiv her with yes. this information. And she, yeah. Tur-
0: yeah, she turns around and she's like, I've always found it interesting that of all my pieces, this is the one that you want to steal. This is the one that you keep stealing. And Fleabag just says, like, why? And she kind of squints and is, like, getting... Fleabag looks like she's getting ready to, like, shiv godmother. Yeah. But then godmother says, because I based it off of your mother... And so it's this huge bombshell that, like... It's a fucking
1: huge bombshell because... So the godmother was somehow that intimate with their mother's body to have made that sculpture, first of all. And then, also, Claire's body is supposed to have been really, like, similar to Mom's body. Yeah,
0: the fact that, like, people who have no idea that information, like, recognize that about the statue and Claire, or, like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's so, it feels kind of divine the way that it pops in and out of the it story. It does.
1: It feels very divine. Yeah. Which also, we can just note that like the stepmother, stepmother is a terrible human, but, Awful. like an amazing artist.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like
1: she can like sculpt oh. and paint. Yes. And that portrait she does of the girls, I the love end. that portrait yeah. so much.
0: I love the way that that keeps coming back in the last episode. The yeah. first time we see it, it's the kind of a around. joke. Um, Fleabag is facing away from the perspective in the, in the portrait, and Claire is facing toward it, and then every time we see Fleabag, like, kind of relate to somebody, or, like, have any, an interaction with her family, it'll keep cutting back to, like, a shot of the wedding scene with the portrait kind of front and center, Mm -hmm. and it, like, the first time I saw that, I was, kind of struck by it i was like oh yeah to her family she must just seemed completely turned away from them yeah yeah and it it starts out being very funny when they're doing the sitting and, <laughs> and the godmother like sitting.
1: wants her to completely turn around yeah
0: if we just like what the fuck <laughs> and then yeah by the time you see the actual portrait you're just like oh really struck yeah by it. yeah
1: this might be a complete stretch, but while she's sitting for the portrait, the godmother says, oh, your neck is so strong. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. Yeah. What other adjectives should she, is it just strong that she uses to describe it? I think.
0: I think, yeah. Or thick, maybe? Thick
1: and strong. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems a little bit like a put-down. It yeah. From the step, or the godmother. Yeah. But... It reminds me of a quote from my big fat Greek wedding. Okay, where um, the mom is like, the husband might be the head of the household, oh. but the woman is the neck.
0: Yeah, and she
1: can turn the head in any direction yeah. she wants. But it kind of was like an empowerment thing, a little bit to me with yeah. with that strong neck and that strong back, because even though she's gone through so much pain, even though, even though it seems like there's no way out. She's still standing up. She's still upright. The like the straight spine and the straight the neck. It's just very,
0: very, yeah,
1: yeah. It's very iconic, and that that strength is going to carry her through somehow. Yeah, you see that in the last episode too. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. So let's talk about the the last the end of the last episode. (sighs) Um. So Fleabag's dad disappears, and Claire and Fleabag have to go find them. Fleabag finds him, like, hiding in the attic because he's having, like, cold feet before the wedding or whatever. And he says his foot is stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, got caught in a mousetrap or whatever. Fleabag and Dad have another one of those, like, have another good conversation that kind of mirrors the one that they had at the funeral. And that's on the Clear and Dad love story yeah. spectrum, too. This scene, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they go out and do the wedding, and the priest gives this really intense homily, where he talks about, like, love is awful and it makes you selfish and it makes you creepy. And he's kind of, like, drawing in all these storylines that we've seen mm-hmm. um, throughout the season. And then Fleabag is just kind of sitting there, like, a little, like, awestruck. Like, she, she looks devastated. And the, the priest says, like, love feels like hope. It's, it's so painful. But we don't want to do it alone. alone. Yeah. That's why we don't do it alone. Yes, I love that. And then, yeah, and then after the ceremony, Fleabag goes out to the bus stop, and she's waiting on the bus, and the priest joins her, and she's like, you're you're not going to be with me, are you? Like, you're going to stay in the church. Yeah. And he's like, yes. And she tells him she loves him, and he's like, really tenderly, like, grabs her hand and says, it'll pass. He gives her enough time,
1: too, which yeah. I didn't notice the first time I
0: watched it. Yeah, I just remembered the It'll Pass
1: line, but we just watched this, too, before um, doing this cast, and he said um, It'll Pass after giving her a lot of time to yeah, let, like she says, let, she says, she goes, something. let it, let that just hang in the air for a minute, or yeah. something to that effect. Yeah. She says, I love you, no, just let
0: that be for a minute. I love you. Yeah, says it again. Yeah, and that is like absolutely the first time that we have seen her say that to anybody. Yeah. The first time that we've seen her like genuinely express her feelings toward anybody. Yeah. And that's also right after Claire has said, "The only person I could run to the airport for is you." Yeah. So So it's like
1: Claire's love gave her the agency to be
0: open. Yeah. and Now that she's like on the receiving end too. Yeah. It's like all
1: those storylines kind of converged, all those love stories yes. converged.
0: Which is how which is why I like I cannot believe that season 2 was not planned. Like I can. I see that season 2 was not planned from the beginning, but like the whole show it's just planned from the beginning somewhere. <laughs> points to the <laughs> sky. <laughs> it's so it's so perfect and airtight and cohesive with itself that like it feels like that is the natural ending. Yeah, and so then like like a bunch of things happen right after another and none of them are very loud or like overpowering, but like the priest says it'll pass and then he gets up to leave and he turns around and says, I love you too and then also says like you're never allowed in my church again. Mm -hmm. And it's unclear whether that's a joke or not. Yeah. But like
1: very tongue in cheek.
0: Yeah, but like you kind of get the sense like But no, he means that like please don't come to my church. Leave me alone. Yeah. And then she pulls the statue out of her purse. She has taken the statue after she learns that it's her mother. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get the sense, like, I'm actually going to hold on to this now that I know yeah. like what it is and where it came from. The song, This Feeling by the Alabama Shakes start playing, mm. starts playing. And I love that song. so good. And then I think, yeah, then the fox walks by, and she kind of looks at her, and she points, and she's like, He went that way um, because foxes have been following him.
1: His whole life. His
0: whole life.
1: But that's definitely like a metaphor for him too because. Yes. That temptation and that humanity is something that's. Mm-hmm. Gonna be following him his his whole life.
0: Yeah, and I like that the moment that Fleabag exited his life, the fox came back. Yeah, like the Fleabag yeah. was kind of holding its place uh-huh. until it like until she wasn't there anymore, and he's and the fox comes back and is like, yeah. gotta jump on this now. And then she stands up and she turns to walk home, and the camera kind of takes a step with her to follow her, and she turns over her shoulder and just kind of smiles and nods her head or shakes her shakes head shakes her head no, and is like, like no you're, you don't
1: need to follow me I don't
0: need you anymore and then just keeps walking and then when she's like 40 feet from the camera she turns and waves yeah like waves oh. goodbye like it's it's hard for her to leave us behind I think it is
1: it is yeah it's hard yeah. for her to leave us behind but it's also like ah. Uh, I don't think it was a decision that was premeditated either. No. But it was one that just felt so
0: very right
1: yeah. in the moment.
0: She's like, no, I just want to be by myself. Yeah.
1: Which, which again, I feel like I've said this so many times, <laughs> but I please. love so much that the end of the first episode is her yes. alone with that statue, absolutely devastated. uh huh, Wanting to touch somebody. Wanting yes. to connect to somebody so hard. Because you remember she like, tries to get that drunk girl to go home with her she tries to like get that guy that she met on the bus to go home with her. she's wanting to touch or connect somebody so much and she's just alone with that statue Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the second season she's gone through all of this she's gone through the these love stories
0: yes with her dad her sister the priest and
1: she's still alone at the end of the night with this statue, but she feels somehow fulfilled. It wasn't yeah. a person that needed to make her feel fulfilled. Yes. It was her own uh, sense of, of how she fits in the world and how she fits in with these relationships.
0: Yes. I think a really important type of intimacy that is explored in the show is like Fleabag's intimacy with the audience. Um, and then Fleabag's intimacy with herself. like yes. She is finally content to just be by herself yes. and not have a constant distraction. Mm-hmm. Actually, we just bought tickets to go see Rachel Bloom next week. Which I'm so excited So about. excited. But I, th- I really see a lot of similarities between Fleabag and Rebecca's character in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. In that they are so desperate for connection that they create A distraction. Yeah. And in, like, Rebecca Bunch's case, it's, like, musical theater, and she gets out of it by turning that into, like, actual creative energy. She turns that creative energy into a creative product. Yeah. Rather than just, like, a fantasy of her life. Right. But, and Fleabag is, like, getting out of it by just, again, not going with the distraction anymore. Yeah. Just, like, living in the moments that she is in as painful as they are, I think it's really interesting that like 370 whatever days, 71 days yeah. have passed and yeah. we haven't been with her for them. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just like, she was doing everything right. So they weren't that painful. But when she, well, she didn't with her have family, to engage with her family. Yeah.
1: And that's the thing. The family is so triggering. Yes. So triggering.
0: I also think it's really interesting that like the first, moment of the second season is not like the start of the dinner it's the end of the dinner and then it's almost like we we see the end result of the dinner and we're like how did this happen yeah. and then we get like a recounting and she's kind of bringing stuff to speech. she's yes. like you know when you've done everything right yeah and she recounts her past year and she talks about like seeing her sister in the restaurant um for the first time in a year and like joking about how she's like, we have to hang out together because our dad is. And then it cuts to them, like, in a graveyard. Yeah, why is she
1: joking about her dad being dead? It's yeah. so weird. And then she's, she's like, like, just kidding, he's just there. Yeah.
0: And he's engaged to her. To <laughs> <So> godmother, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, the priest is like, to love, and she's like, I have no fucking idea who this guy is, <laughs> and it's like but you then will. They all get to know who you that guy is. By the uh. just, I don't know if we've explicitly said this or not, but the priest and Fleabag totally bone down. Oh yes. yes, and that's another really yes. interesting moment with her relationship with the audience is that like, we've seen her like, look at the camera during sex many times before in the yes. first season. And I think even in the second season with, mm-hmm. like, the hot misogynist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name in the credits, This <laughs> hot misogynist. Again, a lot of characters don't have names. But, yeah, with the priest, she she grabs, like, the top of the camera and she pushes it down yeah. while they're having sex. Like, yeah. And she barely looks at the camera at all. She mm-hmm. just, like, doesn't want us there at all. And it's kind of her, like... One of the first moments where she doesn't want an audience. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she doesn't want an audience. I think there's an earlier moment in the episode before where she's, like, walking down the street and the camera's behind her. And she kind of turns over her shoulder and just, like, outruns the camera a little bit. Yeah. And turns around a corner and then we lose her. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she, like, really gradually starts, like, not wanting us there. Mm -hmm. Until she gets to the point where she's, like, just go away completely yeah and yeah. it it's like she's breaking up with us I know it is I felt very emotional afterwards yeah, yeah she he breaks her heart and then she breaks ours yes I think that might actually be the headline of a review of season two, Oh, really what you just said oh, God. <laughs> yeah <laughs> or something about like fle- something like that it's a vulture I... article um yes this beautiful, beautiful love story. Oh, so good. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, do you have any, like, spare thoughts or little images you want to point out? I feel like there
1: were a lot of things when we were just talking that I wanted to talk about. Mostly to do with the priest. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just have so many feelings about it.
0: <laughs> I love them going frock shopping together. Mm-hmm. And she, like, turns around and kind of, like, smir- Liz, like, like smirking at the camera, but also, like, Like as if she's like turning to her girlfriend and just being like, Can you believe this like hot priest is going shopping with me? Like
1: But yeah, I just think he has a very complicated story too. Yeah. I think at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and um, we don't know that, much like he doesn't know what we know about Fleabag. Exactly. We have no idea how he got into the priesthood, to be Yeah, with. and it
1: sounds like he's got quite the story, too, from yeah. the little tidbits that we do know. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I see a lot of like alcoholic tendencies in oh, him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, hiding alcohol from himself. Oh, um, he's got that
1: adorable Irish accent.
0: Ugh. I. Apparently, he plays somebody in Sherlock. Oh, that goodness. actor. Love it. His name is not Adam Scott. It's Andrew. Andrew Scott, I think. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott is a very different person, who I'm also in love with, yes. it turns out. Adam
1: Scott is wonderful. Yes.
0: Married to Reese Witherspoon's character in Big Little Lies. Uh-huh. Yes. Very good.
1: Which we also need to talk about, because I have so many feelings about Big Little Lies. Okay.
0: How much have you seen of it? All of it now. Okay. All of it now. I didn't watch the season two finale. Is it good? Yeah. It's okay. Good. Yeah, I kind of fell off in season two. Yeah. Okay.
1: Did you watch the courtroom scene?
0: Yes. I made Eddie come watch it.
1: <laughs> Even though I had no idea what was going on because he <laughs> doesn't watch anything else. Yeah. I'm like, but
0: you need to watch that. <laughs> I just need you sitting next to me while I watch I need it again. you to again. witness me
1: witnessing this again.
0: <laughs> please. Please just be here. I imagine he Pulled was just like... Hold my hand. <laughs> just like, okay. I think that's all that I had i really love the fourth wall the use of the fourth wall on this it's revolutionary it really is yeah and something else to note i'm sure i've told i i've told you this last week every single woman who's in the second season is currently nominated for an emmy i know that's
1: wild even the therapist
0: yes fiona shaw is only on screen for like two and a half minutes oh my gosh
1: who i love her and the only reason I love her so much. Do you remember the movie uh Three Men and a Baby and then Three Men and a Little Lady? Yes. She's in Three Men and a Little Lady. She is the oh, superintendent yeah. of the British school. Yes. And she's like trying to sleep with the like one dad. And she's so good. So
0: she's an little... amazing actress. She really is. <laughs> um That's probably like a super weird nineties reference, but. No, she's been in so much. Um, so okay, just like real quick list: Phoebe Waller-Bridge is nominated for like probably I don't know like three things. Uh, Shine Clifford is nominated for supporting actress. Fiona Shaw is guest actress. Olivia Coleman is something like every Everybody. every woman is nominated for an actress or for an award, an Emmy award. Um, I fucking hope Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets something. But also Phoebe Waller-Bridge's other show that's currently on is called Killing Eve, uh-huh. and it features Sandra Oh as like an American detective living in London who heads this interrogation ring that is investigating like a particular serial killer okay. that is played by another young woman named Jodie Comer. And her boss, Sandra Oh's boss in the show, is played by Fiona Shaw, the mm. therapist. And she is amazing in that She's so good I think she's also nominated for an Emmy for that show too Oh hell yeah She's up for like a bunch of awards
1: She's another one of those folks who Just have the most intense facial expressions Yes Yes. Can read everything on their face
0: I really love the moment in the therapy session Where Fleabag says I want to fuck a priest And she's like "Yeah." She's like A Catholic priest? Is he good at it? He looks good in the little and, like, points to her neck. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, Fleabag's like, yes. And she's like, I understand completely.
1: Yeah. And then my favorite is when she's like, do you want to fuck a priest or do you want to fuck God? She's like, you can fuck God?
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I want to know everything about that character. I need to go
1: have a therapy session after that exchange. (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Figure
1: out what the hell that means.
0: Okay, cool. Okay, cool. (laughs) Man. Yeah, in the way that she, like, puts on lotion in that scene, like, I can, I feel like I remember every detail. Oh my gosh. So intentional. And, like, there are a lot of moments in Fleabag, like, that I, the first time I noticed them, like, they have become reaction images in my mind. And maybe that's, like, the way that we... Interact with images now and like gifts and stuff that my it brain is like. Be,
1: but I think that's also, you know, indicative of the actors and actresses. Yeah.
0: Like, like that moment where that I talk about constantly that you said was my favorite moment that I, like absolutely is. Yes. Like yes. I just have such a clear image of what that looks like of the sister. Claire looking okay. at Fleabag and Fleabag looking at the camera. Yeah. And just that chain of like Fleabag not being there for her sister. Yeah. In that moment. Like, ugh. So beautiful.
1: So beautiful. Yeah. Such a
0: fantastic show. It really is. If
1: you haven't watched it, like, I'm not really sure what it is you're
0: doing. Yeah, like, what are you watching <laughs> instead? The Brits, there's something going on in the UK, or like BBC or Channel 4 or whatever, where like they only need 12 episodes to create like a phenomenal. Yeah. Dairy Girls is also six 20 minute episodes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. It, they, they like, they use space well, so to, well. like
1: Develop characters for so because they know intentionally what they're doing from the beginning.
0: Yeah. It seems. I just wonder if, like, if American filmmakers were given, like, a little more boundaries. It's like... Yeah. Would Mad Men be better if you didn't have, like, 20 episodes? Maybe. Maybe. 20 hour long yeah. episodes? Yeah.
1: It was interesting. I had Eddie watch the first couple episodes of Fleabag with me. Uh-huh. And he likes it, but he has a hard time with it. Yeah. Which we kinda talked about how he might but not for the reasons I thought he would, interestingly enough. The reason he had a hard time with it, he was like, She's hurting so much. Yeah. And there are people that I know in my life that are hurting so much that I need to spend more time with and that's Mm -hmm. all I think about. Oh, wow. And I was just like That's such a
0: good Eddie thing. Oh such an Eddie comment. (laughs) Oh my god. Justine's husband is like the most perfect man by the way he like says stuff like that he like hung out with me for 10 minutes on their wedding night just to like talk about this podcast and how exciting it is and I was like dude go be married and he was like no I'm just really excited for you and Justine like this has a lot of potential and I was like you're the nicest man (laughs) like I love you so much
1: He is the nicest man, but he's still human.
0: Yeah. He does for sure. He
1: does human things too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Can't think of any
0: right now. <laughs> that, yeah, that's such a sweet thing to say about watching this. I'm also like really I didn't really recognize the first time that I watched season one how much pain she's experiencing. Yeah. I just saw it as a comedy. Like I think I was totally tricked by her. In yeah. the way that she wanted people to be treated. I think tricked. I was
1: too. Yeah. yeah, but it might be different being a woman, maybe.
0: Yeah, because like, it just it a little bit because it just seems kind of normal. Because you're just like, yeah, that's what it's. And like. what does that say? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think that when I watched the first season before the second season came out, I just kind of regarded it as like a really honest look at how a lot of I don't want to say all women, but like how a lot of young women our age kind of view sex until they get partnered it's just like this way to connect with people that kind of sucks yeah yeah but like it's just a thing that we do so true like that's kind of how i viewed the first season i think there's a lot to unpack there culturally yeah and i don't think it's any wonder that this show has really taken off after the second season like mm-hmm. people have really fallen in love with it yes yes yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me about this. Yes, thank you. So exciting. Thank you for listening. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week. And go watch Fleabag. Go watch Fleabag. Seriously. (laughs) Bye. Okay, bye.